Hey everyone, it's Aaliyah Henry, and you're listening to The Aaliyah Henry Show. Expect to hear insightful interviews and panel discussions covering community, entrepreneurship, health, and women's empowerment. Don't miss out. Keep listening. The Aaliyah Henry Show is up next. Today, I'm joined with Cherie Crosby-Wheeler, the go-giver who shares her story about learning the art of giving and how her life today has been impacted by seeds planted all throughout her childhood. The avid volunteer simply cannot get enough when it comes to giving, connecting, and engaging to make an impact in the community and in the lives of others. Although Cherie's professional background is in labor and employment law, it's her upbringing as a generous giver that has prepared her to thrive, flourish, and grow as a leader within a North Texas-based Forbes Global 2000 company. It's up next on The Aaliyah Henry Show. Thanks for joining me, Cherie. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. No, this is exciting. I'm always excited to uh, interview. You know, that's that's one of my biggest passions. So I, I love <laughs> chatting. You know, I remember being back in the sixth grade, getting kicked out of a math class <laughs> for talking. I got kicked out for talking. And um, I think, I don't know, it was one of those like little detention things where you had to sit in detention and it's funny because um, that math teacher, Miss James, is our soror. So, <laughs> and it was hilarious because she taught. She she reminds me of that time where she had to put me out of class for talking, but for all good reason. I tell her all good reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So I am excited that you're here um, and spending uh, some time with us to talk about your corporate volunteer space. Um, you are just dynamic and I wanted to be able to just talk to you, share your story and why I feel it's just so important and the work that you're doing is important. And so again, I'm excited that you're, that you're here and I want you to just kind of kick us off. You serve as the VP of Corporate Social Responsibility for Mr. Cooper. Um, talk about your role and uh, the company's values and some of the goals that are that they that you have that you are instilling in. <laughs> yeah, so my role, um, I'm the vice president of corporate social responsibility, and in our department, um, some companies corporate social responsibility is different, but at our company, it involves diversity, equity, and inclusion. It also involves. Um, community outreach that is directed towards our customers, and it also involves government relations. And I focus in primarily on diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies for the company. Our mission at our company, um, and it's a stated mission, is to keep the dream of homeownership alive for customers, um, for people who want to become homeowners. It's 
one of the ways that you build wealth um, and build generational wealth. And so we want to make sure that um, everyone who is able has the opportunity to get a home. And so that's what our company values are. Um, and as far as what I do with respect to diversity and inclusion, working each and every day to support that mission and also to support employees that are working on that mission to work in communities um, to make sure that we further that mission as well. So that's what I do. You know, the one thing that I, I always love about watching your community um, involvement is, is not only that it, you're doing it through your work, um, but you also, you know, you walk the walk, you're talking the talk. I mean, you're out there in the community um, doing various volunteer uh, efforts. Um, obviously, you are a philanthropist as well and putting your dollars into the nonprofits and organizations that are really out there on the front lines. Share with us, like, where did that come from? Like, is that something you've always been passionate about? Well, I mean, before I even knew what the term philanthropy meant or was, it was something that was just practiced in our household. And it's interesting that it was practiced because we didn't have a lot. We were poor, like basically we were poor. We didn't have a lot growing up. And so, but I always, always saw um, my mom just giving and I'm thinking, well, what? okay, we don't even have anything to give. What are, you, what are you doing? But she was always sharing, always giving. Um, we had numerous friends and family that stayed with us when they needed somewhere to stay. Um, if she got food from a food pantry, she would share some with her neighbors. To this day, she still does that. I went to visit her in um, the end of July, and, and this is an extreme story, but this is where it comes from. It comes from, from my mom. Um, me and my sister were there, and my sister, we woke up early in the morning, and we said, well, where, where is our mom? Where's my mom? And, mom? and my sister said, she, um, she left really late, like midnight. And I was like, where is she? And she had told us about this church that she was going to, to get food from the food pantry, not for her, that she was then taking and delivering out to other people. But what it is is that she had to sit in line. She was there from midnight. <laughs> so I ran up to the place and I'm like, mommy, what are you doing? She's like, I just, I want to help this family and I need to help that family. So it goes way back and it continues to this day. I still see examples from her. And now I'm in a position that I'm able to share what I've been blessed with. And so I just, I do um, in any way that I can. If it is money, if it is time, if it is my knowledge, I'm happy to share it. Um, and because that's just what was ingrained in me. And I tell this funny story too about um, we used to have a Mustang that started without a key. That is the weirdest thing. Like you would just get turn it and it would start up. So my mom would leave it parked in different parts of our little city, like for my cousin to use. Oh, just go get the car from so and so street and you can take it. I'll walk home. <laughs> so we shared a car. You didn't even need a key. Wow, <laughs> oh, isn't that Crazy. something? Yes. This is, you know, one of the things that I also love is that you exuberate the same, like your drive in your work. And, mm -hmm. it, and it's wonderful for me um, to see as African-American women, like other women, like 
doing the work. But I also think that we we tend to take a lead um, in some things at work, um, in different circles, whether or not. And I just, I don't know, I just, I always get very, um, I'm always very inspired when I see other women doing it, um, especially Black women, because I'm Black, right? So to me, I just think that that's important because I feel like when I was growing up, we just didn't always see that. We saw our families and we saw mothers mm -hmm. and grandmothers really doing a lot of that. But it is really, um, it's just inspiring to see so many dynamic professionals um, serving in our community, serving and leading in their companies. And, you know, truly you inspire me. Um, not, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful to have you and know you as a friend, as a sorority sister, as a part of the village giving circle and we're sisters there as well. And so it, it is just really great. I talk a little bit about as you are in this space, your corporate space, why is the, why do you feel that diversity and inclusion has to stay in the workspace. Why do you feel that that is important? Because I know that you are very passionate about it. You talk about it, you live it. And, um, you know, I, I see you serving on all these panels. And I love the fact that you're very comfortable about talking and, and very passionate mm -hmm. about advocating for why this is important. Well, first, let me say before I get into that answer that. You, I might inspire you, but you inspire me too because I look around and I see and I, to take the leap to do something like have your own thing. I'm, I'm always in awe of someone that has their own thing and that goes out and does their own thing and puts it together and works and grinds. So I just, I look at you as well and, and all the other women that are out there putting together their own entrepreneurial venture whatever that may be that is so inspiring a little i'm too scared to do it right now but maybe one day <laughs> people like you and i'm like maybe maybe one day look Aaliyah did it you know so keep doing what you're doing as well because it's inspiring people too thank you as far as um why diversity and equity and inclusion is so important in the corporate space what i will say is this first of all i was running from it i think i just I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. But it's been following me this particular career path. When I really look back and, and do a retrospective on my life, it's been following me the whole time. It's been there in the background. I remember being in the town where I grew up, this little bitty town in central Texas. And like you said, didn't see any um, professionals that looked like me, someone to aspire to. and. I just got this sense of like, I, I need to be in a space, I need to be somewhere where I can see someone that looks like me. And I remember writing in my high school yearbook, I was just so <laughs> already entrenched in it. Everybody put their little quote, and then I put a quote, it was by Malcolm X. <laughs> I was like, what if nobody told me anything about Malcolm X in this little bitty Texas town like that, was, but I went and I found it. And I just, I was always driven to, to find people that looked like me to who were successful and I knew even my college choice going to school in Atlanta Georgia that was all about me trying to find a place where I knew they would be professionals 
that were succeeding in all these different industries and professions, and they looked like me. And that's why I chose Atlanta specifically. Luckily, Emory let me in because I only applied to two schools, and one put me on the waiting list, and <laughs> and, and Emory let me in. Thank you, Emory, because the other <laughs> one put me on the waiting list. I'm even sitting at home. Um, so I think that it is so important for um, the focus to remain on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace because there are young professionals coming up, young people, young children that are looking to see, can I do that? And it's, it's not to say that you can't and that there can't be other role models that do not look like these um, individuals, but it's, it's something even more that it pushes you even more to see that this person who looks like you, they have excelled. And to see that pushes you. I even look at that now. I'm, I'm just a mid-career professional. I'm still looking up to people who have gone even higher heights. And so you need that. You need that inspiration. And that's why we have to continue to have that push in corporate America or else you're going to just see all that talent. And it's talent because it's different perspectives, different ideas that you're losing out on if you don't keep all the people, as many different perspectives, as much creativity that comes from all of that, if you don't keep it there at your company. If they just start opting out, you're losing out on that as an organization. So that's why I think it's so important to focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. But another reason that it's important to focus on it is because when you get those people to the table, you could have diversity. You could have all these different diverse individuals. Um, and, I, and the way I look at diversity, we all have different unique aspects of us. Um, but when you have that visible dimension of diversity, that's where we've gotten a little skewed and his, history has not <laughs> made it where it's balanced out. So that's why we have that focus. Uh, but you can have all this diversity there. But if people are not being valued and being made to feel like they can contribute, then what it's it's not even working. You just have a whole bunch of disjointed, disconnected people that are not working together towards the same goal and they're not giving their all because they don't feel like it's going to be valued. They don't feel like that they can speak up, that they can be heard, that they can say, hey, I have this idea. What about this? Now, yeah, every idea you have may not be taken into account, but you might have some really good ones. But if you don't think you can say what those are, then you're not sharing them and the company, again, is missing out. So there's all this research, all this background as to why it's important. But beyond that, we just, you know, I, the reason why I'm so drawn to this is fairness has also been just a constant in my life. Being fair, being just, that's significant. And I think even in the corporate space, you should still strive to be fair, be just, and be equitable. Yeah, that's good. Thank you so much for sharing. I know that there's always people that are listening. And I think that we are in a season where um, our counterparts are really just understanding and, and getting a better understanding of it. Um, but I also think it's important that we keep sharing the why and why it is important. Because again, um, our community and uh, our country deserves it. You know, and there's so much happening. Um, and so thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. So I know that you are, you said that you're mid-level, which you're, you're in, you're still growing in your space, but I feel like you have so much to give. What tips can you give for that 
business professional on aligning their passion with their career goals because a few things that I've heard you say is really you know it's it's about things that you have enjoyed but I also know we have a lot of millennials we have a lot of um, uh, um, just young people uh, that are in the workspace and then we've got people that have been in the workspace for many years but now they got to figure out how do I balance this how do I align that share some tips with us on that or your thoughts yeah, so one thing I like to say about passion first is that you're not necessarily going to have one passion. We say it and we say it in the singular. And I feel like each of us have many different things that we can be passionate about, that we can pursue. So I, I, I definitely want people to not feel like, okay, there's only one thing that I can go after and, and have to be and fight for that one thing. Because there's many, many things that all of us, we're complex individuals and we all can just pour our efforts and our, our hearts into many things that bring us joy. So that's the first thing I wanna say. As far as aligning that with what you're doing, you may start out and you're not doing something that you're passionate about. Okay, that's okay. I say take, take um, you know, that time on the side that you can carve out and just start to nurture the things that you're passionate about. So you have your main job, that's what helps you eat, take care of your family, all of that. And then, but you have these things that you do that bring you joy and you just nurture those. And you, you know, give a little time, give a little effort to those on the side to the extent that it starts to grow. And then if, if you find an opportunity where you can take that and make that passion your, or one of the passions, the many passions that you have, make one of those um, your main vocation or the main thing you do, then that'll be, that'll happen when it happens. But meanwhile, you're still getting a chance to t dip into those different things that bring you joy, that move you forward, that bring, um, you know, just a, a fulfillment to you. So that's another thing I would say is just nurture those things on the side. Because some people are like, oh, I'm not doing my passion. And it's like, <laughs> it's okay. And I, I tell people, too, I start thinking about that. What, what are my passions or what's my passion? My main number one passion is to take care of my family and to not be back in this economic circumstance that I grew up in. Um, I've, I've moved past it, and I want to stay past it. So my number one passion is to eat <laughs> and not be yeah. hungry and to take care of my family. And that's okay. Some people might think, well, that isn't, you know, that's not. But that's number one passion. That doesn't mean that's my only. There are other things that I do as far as helping out in the world and helping other people. So it's okay if that's what it is. And I just say, you know, have, have numerous things and nurture those to the extent that you can. And as you nurture those, they will bloom and they will grow and there will come a time that you'll be able to give your all to those things. That's great. That's great. So it's so funny. Um, there are so many things that you are passionate about within. Is there a favorite charity that you just love? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I would say a favorite cause. I won't call out any specific. Case. Well, I will okay. actually because I'm on the board of Step Up. Okay. Helps young women and helps young girls um, to, to grow, succeed, and that's something that's very important to me. Um, I've, I've been a mentor with other organizations before. Um, one of my first um, formal mentors, I met her when she was 12 years old. She is now 28 years old. 
we still talk to each other. She just texted and she was like, we need to get together. The pandemic is keeping us apart. I have a lot going on. I need to talk to you. And we, we touch bases with each other whenever there's something big going on in her life. Whenever she's, um, she was thinking about getting married, I was like, let's sit down. And it's weird because I met her when she was 12. But now she's a grown woman. I'm like, okay, let's have a cocktail. But it's so weird. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, we need to talk. Let's meet. Um, or when she was getting ready to move, we need to talk. Let's meet. So just having, you know, being in a young woman's life and mentoring them. And I know we all, the givers like you um, or myself, we want to help everybody. We want to just, you know, give and do for everyone. And I just kind of make myself feel a little bit better about it that I'm like, even if I'm just helping that one individual, that's, that's something, you know, and that's enough. If I can just help her. Now, obviously I'm helping more than her, but (laughs) I have to tell myself I can't solve everything, but I can help who I can help. And so that's what one thing that's really um, a passion of mine is is mentoring and helping um, young girls. That's good. (laughs) So do you think you, with all that you're doing, you know, do you have enough time? Do you, how do you fit that time in for like that personal self-care? Well, um, and I think that just to me involves making the definition of self-care, making it yours and not someone else's. Because some people, they're like, well, self-care is getting in a bubble bath and laying (laughs) back and candles and stuff. I have not had a chance to take that. I mean, I guess I could, but I'm just like, that's going to take a long time. I don't think I've done that either. Yeah, the water has to run. I have to get these bath salts. Nobody has time for all that, but that still doesn't mean that I'm not practicing self-care. The way I look at self-care is, again, going back to that, what brings you joy? What lifts your spirit? What edifies your body? What gives you a moment to smile, um, to practice gratitude? And so those things, people might not think of them as self-care. Like, for instance, me watching comedy videos on YouTube, because comedy is one of my loves. So just me watching those videos, walking down the street, laughing, and people thinking I'm a crazy lady, that's self-care to get that laughter out there and have the joy. Or for me to carve out time um, to exercise, that's self-care. Yeah. That To me, that's self-care. Just making that time to exercise, if it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour, if it's just walking, it doesn't matter. I'm taking care of myself. So that's self-care. Um, for me, getting back to reading romance books, which is so silly. But I remember me and my sister, we talk about it. We were just reading, her, reading these books for hours upon hours. And now um, my stepson, he's like, you're still reading? Oh my goodness. And he called me the, the goat of reading. He's like, you're the greatest of all time reader. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I said, I like to read. <laughs> I like reading. It was something that I had gotten away from um, and thinking, well, I have to all the time read self-help books. Yes, those are important, but I can also just read some fluff, some escapism, which in this day and age, sometimes we need to just escape. We do. We do. <laughs> we do. Wow. How cool is that? I'm loving this, like, go. Oh, my God. He's an all-time favorite reader. I'm loving it. Love it. Oh, my gosh. Um, so. From everything that you have done, what do you think you feel like you've gained 
or learned the most from through your volunteer work? Learned the most. I think I've learned perspective, um, gratitude. I've learned how to just be joyous in that moment of sharing time when you can volunteer in person and giving. Um, learned to be empathetic. And I think that's why I like to when we can volunteer just in person, it, it makes me pause and think and remember, you know, how grateful I am, how blessed I am to have come as far as I've come, but that there's other people that need help and that I, I can do just a little bit, <laughs> but even if it's a little bit, it, it still means something. Um, and so those are the things that I've learned. It, it just, it truly does give me joy to, to, to get to volunteer, to get to help someone. Um, and so that's why I just keep going back. And that's probably all the people, all the givers, all the volunteers, all the people who give. It's just that the renewal of enjoyment and joy to go back to help, to help. So um, I remember a couple of years ago volunteering at the stew pot. And it was, it was when I was practicing law. And it was hard to, like, take that time, go for an hour and go down there. But that hour would be just full of joy, like smiles and laughter. I got so many compliments. People were like, you, you look like a model. You should be on the cover of Vogue. I was like, I'm like, lifting my self-esteem. Like, like, this hour is worth it. You know, just talk to people and, and be there. So um, that's, that's some of what I've gained um, from volunteering, just, just those types of things. That is so awesome. Thank you for sharing your perspective. I just, I've always loved talking to you. And I remember our first volunteer project at the Dallas Furniture Bank, where we were actually having a crib drive for young moms in need. And we were preparing all of, you know, to have this company, uh, or not company, it was more like a community baby shower. And mm -hmm. um, I think uh, I remember just there, just pulling all of those things together. And just, I think you and David was there from allies and service. And I was mm -hmm. kind of crazy because it was almost what, eight years, eight, nine years ago, something mm -hmm. like that. It was. Yeah. I remember, like, we had the diapers, and we were putting them we in had, different stacks. Yeah, we had diapers, <laughs> wipes, cribs, all kinds of stuff. And I just, and one of the things that I will tell you that resonated with me from that event was that there were so many Black women, and a majority of them were Black, that we served. And one of the things for me is that they we're just like, we just appreciate you and mm -hmm. for being here and for that. And so when I ask people to come and help me serve or help do a volunteer project, it's because I know for me, like the people that we are serving and giving back to and they look like us, they really appreciate that. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, of course, they thank you for, for you know, joining me in that effort because those are the moments for me that are so pivotal about my life, about volunteering and about the community is because when I look back, I know that there were other women who were just happy mm -hmm. because we were there or happy that yeah. we spent the time to pull it all together. And so, um, and I think that's what keeps me involved 
um, because I know that there's always someone else behind us that needs to see us so that they can mm -hmm. keep pushing forward. I really just, I, I always keep that, those moments like really close to me, even when I mm -hmm. feel like, oh my gosh, I've been so busy or I've started a new project and I, and I can't do come and volunteer at this time, but it's all of those pivotal moments and I have so many, <laughs> yeah. been, you know, on the front lines helping. And I just remember like those women that we helped were able to see or, um, and then it's really great. And so I also share something that kind of came out of that project with another client that actually was served. Um, but I got a phone call about a year right before yeah this time last year from a client who we helped that had just bought their first home oh wow and when and when i met her she was homeless which mm -hmm. and her husband had just left and so mm -hmm. when i when i get that when i get those things and here i am i'm way gone from that organization but people are still tied I just right. know that us showing up in whatever way imaginable, mm -hmm. all the more difference in the world. So, um, so yeah. to you about that with that whole in-person volunteering because they have really given us um, pieces of ourselves that like are mm -hmm. just moving around forever. Yeah, mm -hmm. we grounded for sure. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I'm getting teary eyed yeah. just thinking about it. I know. Yeah. I, and it makes me think about um, one of the village giving circle um, check granting ceremonies and the executive director, because, you know, the, the village is looking for organizations that have executive directors that are African American or that serve African American community. And the executive director got up there and she, she, was, she was crying. She was like, I've never been in a room of grantors that looked like this. And I was just, that kind of just gave me chills. And again, you know, hats off to other people who are doing it, but there's, there's something different about sitting there and seeing some, your reflection yeah. back. Like it just, it's, it's, I mean, and I'll keep coming back for that feeling alone. Yeah. Just to be connected to someone in that way. Yeah. Well, certainly, thank you so much for just being a trailblazer, motivator, mentor, all those great, fun things, because this is, this is what it's all about. And um, I just think it's great. I appreciate you taking time out of your day um, just to talk and share, because I always feel like when I know great people, I want to share everything about them. And so... <laughs> And of course, it's, it's so relevant to kind of things that are happening right now in our community and, and for us mm -hmm. to, um, you know, as they say, hashtag, we're all in this together. And we truly are now. And um, everyone and their presence together really is truly needed. And it's going to change the trajectory of, of our country as we move mm -hmm. forward. So I thank you yeah. for your time today, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me as a guest. I'm like, oh, yay! <laughs> I know it's exciting, very exciting. We're excited about all the things that are happening and all the great discussions that we're that we'll continue to have this season. And so, 
um, again, um, if you're, you know, listening, thank you so much for everyone that's listening. Again, I'm with Cherie Crosby Wheeler. Um, and, you know, I will say philanthropist, volunteer, <laughs> professional, guru, all that great stuff. But yes, she does serve as well as the VP and corporate responsibility for Mr. Cooper. Um, thank you for your time, your, your, your talent, and then just just for sharing and just being you. All right. All right. Thank well, you. thanks everybody. Don't forget to uh, like and subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and also Podbean. Thank you for listening to the Aaliyah Henry Show. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Aaliyah Henry Show. Remember, be bold enough to use your voice, brave enough to listen to your heart, and strong enough to live the life you've always imagined. See you next time.